but also I noticed that when he did sleep, I would still wake up in the night. Did I hear a sound? Did I hear something? You, you know, especially for the first like year or two after he was sleeping, but it, it really took a couple years before I could sleep through the night comfortably. But I think that was kind of that fight or flight, like, oh my gosh, it's, is he awake? Right. Or sometimes with new moms, there's that fear too of, oh my gosh, they're sleeping longer than usual. Is everything okay? Motherhood is a full-time job, except there's no clocking out. Hi, I'm Allison, doctor of physical therapy, mom of two, and women's health nerd. Join me as we dive deep into motherhood and answer the questions that everyone wants to know, but no one wants to ask. So grab a coffee, water or wine, and get comfy while we chat with some of the top women's health practitioners who support moms from fertility through empty nest to improve our mental, emotional, and physical well-being. This is the All Out Motherhood Podcast. Well, thank you so much for having me on. I'm I'm excited. This is my first podcast on sleep that I'm doing. Um, I've done other podcasts on gratitude, but this is my first one on sleep. And so I'm super excited. And so now I have like four more lined up, but this is like my first one. So I'm very excited to. Oh, yeah, to chat that's great. <laughs> so Amisha, I'm going to let you kind of um, tell everyone a little bit about what you do in your background and everything to kind of kick it off. Okay. Okay. So um, my name is Amisha Klawan. I'm an integrative physical therapist. I I have a private practice in Phoenix where I utilize holistic physical therapy. And then I'm also a women's wellness coach um, where I really have a specific focus on restorative sleep. And so integrating that in for women using lifestyle strategies, yoga, and just mindset with how can we prioritize our rest as women? I love that. And it's like we were chatting just a minute ago. That is so needed. I know just even starting in my 20s, like my sleep was so messed up and then throwing kids in the mix and careers and stress and life. It just our sleep is not what it should be and not what it needs to be in order to have that like optimal energy and health. And so anything we can do to improve that is so helpful. (laughs) Absolutely. Well, and I think in our culture too, it, you know, especially once you hit college and well, college by itself, your sleep patterns change from when you were home. (laughs) Um, But then once you hit grad school, the the increased stress then also changes your sleep patterns. Um, Mm -hmm. Having that high, high stress. And then especially then if you go on to additional training or then you go on into a higher stress job, that stress kind of stays with you. And Mm -hmm. so sleep is, is, is a good time to help start to heal the brain, heal the body. And our body can only take so much until it's like, I'm out. And you start to have health yep. issues or you or you just start to notice changes within your body that weren't there before. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I know um, when I was in grad school for PT, you know, like you're talking about your health just takes a toll because you're up late studying and it's kind of that like sleep when you're dead mindset, you know. I remember going to my uh, physician and I, she ran my thyroid panel because I was having a lot of fatigue and a lot of energy issues and some other things. And my thyroid was just not, not very um, functional <laughs> and not functioning optimally. And so she was like, all right, I'm going to give you three months to get your crap together, get your stress under control, 
get your sleep straightened out a little better, get your diet figured out and, you know, streamlined. And she's like, we're going to run your panel in three months. And if it's not any better, she's like, we're going to talk about medicine, but you have three months. Like, (laughs) so that um, was kind of a a wake up call for me because I'd never, I never had any issues like that. You know, I was 26, I think at the time, 25, and it just, nothing had really clicked. And then it was like, okay, I do not want to go on medication for this. I know that it's just a lot of things that I can take control of. And so starting to, you know, bring in some mindfulness and diet changes and sleep and actually sleeping that had a huge impact. And I was able to bring my levels back to normal um, or at least close to normal. (laughs) Um, Wonderful that you were able to naturally. Yeah. Yeah. I was really lucky. Um, She caught it early enough, you know, and that it hadn't dipped too far, but yeah. So tell me a little bit about, you have a, a program that is out or is just coming out on It sleep? is coming out in April. Awesome. Yes. And so it is specifically aimed at women and it's called Revolutionize Your Sleep in 40 Days. But really what we talk about is prioritizing rest. And so as women, as moms, as business women, entrepreneurs, even those executives and corporate jobs, we tend to push and we are productive from the second we wake up to the second we go to bed at night. And so then when we go to lay our heads down on, on the pillow, our thoughts are racing, we can't fall asleep and we're wondering what, what is going on? Right. Mm -hmm. Um, And so, and I think this is more of a cultural thing too, is that just as a culture, we don't necessarily prioritize rest. Mm -hmm. Um, We don't. And so now, especially like with, with the phones and the computers, we're exposed to all this blue light all the time. And I think that's something that's really different in the past like 10, 15 years that didn't affect women 15 years ago as, as much. I mean, we, we had computers, but not in the same way that we use them now. No, not at all. Definitely. And especially for kids and stuff. I mean, I didn't have... We didn't have computers when I was growing up. Like we, we were still on the Oregon Trail where it's like when you, <laughs> you know, the yeah. giant like box computers at school that you got to play with like for an hour and that was it. Right. I mean, it's, it's dramatically different in screen time. It's funny. My son has a little game of the Oregon Trail now. And it's, yes. it's like, as it's like a little bigger than a matchbox and the whole Oregon Trail game is in there. It's, it's fascinating to me. But it's not as exciting to him as some of his iPad games because it's not flashy, you know? And so, but that just goes, you know, and so it's, I feel like it's starting so young now, but this is where things like really just basic strategies can make such a big difference. But ultimately, I really think it comes down to as a woman, you are deciding to prioritize rest. And so even if you can only do that for a one week, you can prioritize rest and just see how you feel. You might then decide to keep doing that because mm-hmm. the impact is is really unbelievable just by shifting one thing in your lifestyle. And so I, I come to that from the lens of sleep. But I think that starting to prioritize it is really hard. It is. And it's, there's such a guilt around that, especially as 
like you said, moms and I mean, moms alone, there's a huge guilt with um, resting. I know if my kids are at like the sitters or daycare, you know, not in the house with me and I have a day where, okay, I have work to do. I have housework, whatever. And I just want to sit down for like an hour and put my feet up or watch a trashy show or something, or even just lay in bed and close my eyes. Like I feel so much guilt around that. Like, no, I shouldn't be doing that. I should be taking this time that I have, that they're gone, that I'm able to actually get some stuff done without them here. And I should be productive in that time, you know, and it's, oh, it's so hard to get out of your head. And I still struggle with it. Yeah. Well, and I, I think a lot of women do. One way that I kind of like to reframe that, that kind of guilt, because I mean, I, I, I know that I have it and I really have to push mm-hmm. it aside. But one way that I, I kind of like to reframe that is so if you have a child in your life, so whether they're your own or they're a nephew, a niece, a friend's child, imagine pushing that child the same way that you push yourself. So if your child is tired mm-hmm. from coming home from school and you're like, nope, we're going to clean the house. We're going to do this. No, you cannot watch a show. No, you cannot have a snack. And you push them all the way up until bed and then just lay them down in bed and say, go to sleep. Like, just imagine how that would work for a child. It, I mean, it absolutely wouldn't, right? There, there'd be full on meltdowns. There would be tantrums and they mm-hmm. would not go right to sleep, which is part of the reason we have this whole bedtime routine for them. But within each one of us, we have an inner child, right? And so it's really taking time to nurture that that inner that inner girl inside of us, right? Like, where does that come from that we feel the need to be so productive, right? And so just kind of starting to address some of that, I think, makes it easier to prioritize rest. That's such an amazing way to look at it because you know, people can, can speak to you all day and try to tell you like, well, you need to prioritize this or it's, it's not rational the way you're um, looking at it. Like you really need this rest. But when you look at it that way, like, no, I wouldn't do that to my child. Like, <laughs> you right. know, I mean, it sounds like, crazy. why would I do it to myself? Yeah. Yeah. You're right. It sounds crazy. And that is what we do to ourselves. Like, wow. That was, yes. yeah. <laughs> That's what we do. And then we wonder, like, why Why are we irritable? Why are we snapping at, at our family and friends? You, you know, why can we not rest when we do decide to go to sleep? Why can't we mm-hmm. fall asleep easily? Or why are we waking up so many times through the night? Um, and yeah. so, you know, I, I, I truly believe that how we live our days is how well we can sleep at night. And so like when you look at your day, you know, and and I think that this is something every woman can do is just kind of look at your day and say, okay, well, how do I start my day? Right. Do I wake up and ground my feet and just take a couple nice deep breaths? Or do I wake up, pick up my phone, look at my email? I don't know. Right. But, but those lead to two totally different types of days. And so I feel like you do have a choice every morning, especially when you just wake up, because that's like when your creativity is right at the surface. And so maybe just taking a couple minutes to journal or a couple minutes to take two or three deep breaths, you know, um, starting just, just to start your day. It doesn't have to take long. And then going outside or near a window where you can get some natural light, like right away. 
And then maybe just having like a glass of hot lemon water in the morning or a glass of water before you have, if you're a coffee drinker, before you have a cup of coffee. Um, and just kind of noticing how that starts to feel within our body, right? And then as you're moving through your day, just taking a couple breaks from the screen, maybe if you're able to go outside and go for a walk, um, you know, how are you eating your lunch? Are you eating it in front of the screen while you're working? Are you eating it in the car while you're going to pick up someone? Um, you, you know, what is that like for you when you are eating? And then kind of looking at like that afternoon piece, which is when a lot of people tend to crash. And then that's like when you go to Starbucks and grab a, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I, I've, I've been there. I'm, I'm still there sometimes, you, you know, yep. um, but that's when you want that latte or that's when you want that muffin or whatever that may be. But that caffeine at that time is going to impact how you sleep at night. Even if it's, even if yep. it's decaf, there is still caffeine in decaf not as much, but there still is. And so, you know, seeing if maybe that's where you can fit in a five minute meditation, you know, even if you have to go sit in your car from work or a lot of us are home right now. And so just taking five minutes just to sit and be with your breath. It's, it's hard. It is hard. There's no doubt, but really just taking that time and then moving on into dinner and your evenings and then looking at, well, when do I turn my phone off? Ideally, a couple hours before bed. But if that's not possible, you know, just at least 45 minutes before you go to sleep, you know, maybe doing simple things like wearing blue light blocker glasses when you're looking at the, if you have to look at a screen. But, you know, I really encourage women just to just to look at their day and just see, well, what does this look like for me? And just taking stock of that, because that really will impact how you sleep at night. Yeah. And I think that's so powerful. Um, a lot of the things you said really resonate with me. And before I got into this, I was a business owner, a brick and mortar um, mm -hmm. down in Florida. And, um, you know, I had employees, I had staff, I had all these responsibilities and clients. And it's there's so many moving pieces that I was waking up at two, three o'clock in the morning and it was like, oh, my gosh, I have to pay taxes today. Oh, my gosh, I have to do this or I forgot to do this, blah, 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 blah. And I would sleep with a notebook beside the bed because I was constantly awake during those hours. Just my mind would not shut up or it was, oh, we could run this special or, you know, just stupid things that <laughs> should not be waking me up. And just when I look back now that you're talking about like, how, how did you start your day and how did you do these things? And I never really put this together, but, you know, I would wake up and the first thing I would do was pick up my phone and scroll my email. And I would have emails from employees and staff with their needs and, or wants or requests or whatever, which is fine. But when you're starting your day off like that, like, that's just like setting you up for stress for the rest of the day, like you said. And I never really thought about that, but that really does. And then, you know, first thing, grab a cup of coffee and then maybe a quick breakfast. And I was usually eating in front of a computer screen. And a lot of the things you said was like, oh my gosh, that makes so much sense. <laughs> and things I had never really thought about. And now that I'm home, I don't have the brick and mortar. I'm more, you know, kind of on my own terms. And I do notice a difference on, I have tried in the mornings not to grab my phone and 
on those mornings, I definitely feel better throughout the day and not going for the coffee first thing and trying to take a few moments of breath. I mean, I still feel guilty for resting and don't rest near enough. And, you know, that's a whole nother thing. But yeah, what you're saying is so true and so true for so many women. I know. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and, you know, I, I, I think a lot of that guilt, I don't, I don't know where it comes from. I think it's different for everyone, but you know, one of the things that I really talk talk with my clients and, and myself about, you know, Mm -hmm. is that I, I, I kind of think it, and, and I don't see it talked about a whole lot in a lot of different places, but it's almost like, what is our worth? Right. It comes down to, I need to do this to prove my worth. You know, and so, and I do think with sleep, is it, am I worthy enough to have this time to sleep? And it's Mm -hmm. something that, you know, I, I don't think all women will resonate with that. Um, But I do think that there is a piece of people who have sleep issues, who push themselves until the late hours of the night when they know they should be sleeping. And really they're Mm -hmm. actually not doing anything productive. They're watching Netflix or they're, yeah, you know, hanging out, they're having a glass of wine, which like is great because they feel like that's their time because they've been so busy all day and they haven't mm-hmm. had control of what they're doing during the day. So that nighttime when yeah. the kids are in bed and maybe your spouse is in bed, that's when you have that time for yourself. And so you want to take it because that's the piece you have control over. Mm-hmm. Um, and I actually saw an article about this that they named this. It's called Revenge Procrastination. Oh, isn't that fascinating? Interesting. Yeah. But it's taking okay. that time, right? Because there's nothing else in the day that is just for you. And so really finding ways throughout the day to pull that in so that you let you allow yourself to rest at night. You know, um, my like, for instance, my husband, he is great about going to bed. And he, I mean, he has zero guilt about going to bed when he goes to bed. And, but I am like, oh, the laundry didn't get done. I need to do the dishes. I need to get all this done before the morning. But for him, it's just so easy, you know? And, and I mean, I, I admire that. And I admire the fact that he has such good sleep habits, you know, because it's, so, it's something that I struggle with, which is how this program was actually born, Um you know, and so there, there's been so, so much sleep research. And if sleep was just about having a nice environment to sleep and the perfect bed and the perfect pillow, then everyone would be getting great sleep. That's a really good point. And so many people make it out to be, I need a better pillow. I need a better mattress. My sheets are scratchy. My fan wasn't running my, you know, (laughs) so many um, excuses, if you will, that when it's really something else going on or something we're missing or lacking or not looking at. Yes. Yes. And I I think that lacking piece is, is, is Mm -hmm. right on. Um, Particularly, you know, I mean, I think those things are important. I think it is nice to have. Oh, sure. Yeah. (laughs) Don't get me wrong. I I do think those things are important. But they're not the whole piece of the puzzle because otherwise mm. we could all go to one website and pick out the best resources and everyone would be sleeping super peacefully all night long. Absolutely. And so there, there's a lot of new research coming out on meditation and just how 
taking 15 minutes in the morning and the afternoon can, can really help you improve your sleep at night. Wow. I think that's a really important link because it's taking that time to be still. And so dropping from fight or flight into your parasympathetic system, which is kind of your rest system. But if you can do that multiple times throughout the day, just think about how much easier it is to go to sleep because to sleep, you need to be in a parasympathetic state. Sure. Yeah. And I, I like that they're starting to talk more about like t- breaking up meditation into like tiny chunks, like little five minute where you just sit and breathe because part of my wellness center in Florida was uh, the main focus of it was, it was a yoga studio. And yeah. so I was around a lot of meditation and whether it's in classes or like yoga nidra, different meditation classes, but I am terrible at meditating I owned a yoga studio for nine years and I am horrible at meditating. And I just, it's never been easy for me because so many of the classes and things that you do, unless it's like a guided meditation, they're wanting you to sit there for a prolonged period of time and let your thoughts go, which is not the easiest thing in the world. And, and to just breathe and doing that for more than five minutes, especially for someone who's not used to doing it is extremely difficult. (laughs) So it's, it's nice. Yeah. It's nice that they're starting to show more research with it broken up and not just, well, you need to meditate for 30 minutes to an hour or so, you know, (laughs) because it's not feasible for most people. No. And I, I also think it depends on, on like a person's individual history too. Oh Yeah. Right. So if someone has had some sort of trauma in their past, which in reality, we've all had some sort of trauma. Mm -hmm. Right. And so being able to sit is maybe not the best thing, actually, until you're able to resolve some of those things. And so for some people, it's nice to do a walking meditation. Yes. You just made me think of that whenever you mentioned, you know, people who can't sit. I love the walking meditations. Those are so much better for me. Yes. Yes. Absolutely. And so for some people, they just need to move. Um, And then, you know, I think the other misconception about meditation, like a lot of my clients say, I'm too busy to meditate. And that's what I say, then you absolutely need to meditate. Yeah. And let's figure out how we can fit this in. Because if you're too busy, it means you're going all the time. You know, and I think that one of kind of the misconceptions about meditation is that you're sitting there without any thoughts. But that's... that's just not true. Like the, you, you can't turn off your thoughts. And so actually you want to have those thoughts come floating in, but you're, but you're like the observer and watching them float in and out. Right. I, I like to think of my thoughts being on clouds and I just watch them go away. Like they, they come into my vision and they go out. Um, I like the cloud. Yeah. That's a really nice, um, nice way to look at it. I like, I might try that. <laughs> Yes. yes. Yeah. I, I have some guided meditations on, on my site. Um, you know, if, 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 if people like guided, but yes. I just really just like to sit and just, you know, focus on the breath. And then I let the clouds come in and out. And then some days my, you know, I, I aim for 15 minutes morning and night, but some days it's longer because I can sit longer. And some days it's like two minutes and I'm like, I'm done. I just, can't do this today. And then I'll go for a walk and then maybe come back and try it again, you know, but like on those days that I can't sit, I 
know that for myself, I have to do more to pull myself into the parasympathetic state. Otherwise, I won't sleep that night. Yeah. And I, I love that you have the guided options because those are a lot easier for, for myself. And like you said, everyone's so different. But I'm a... I'm a serial phone checker because, and I've, I've struggled with breaking this habit and it's gotten a little better, but just from owning a business, I felt like I was like connect, like one part of my, like my phone was a part of my body. <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, it's cause it's like, you never knew what was going to happen. And I felt like I always had to have it available and I was checking it constantly. So i like turned off all the notifications where they don't make noise and it's constantly on vibrate, but that just made me check it all the time because like, what if there's a message and I didn't hear it vibrate? Like this, it was right. completely counterintuitive. So <laughs> when right. I try to sit and meditate, it's like, I'm constantly thinking like, oh, did I just get a text? Do I need to check my email? Did I, you know, and not even just thoughts coming in, but things that I feel like I should be doing. So the guided meditation helps me like, turn that off and for those thoughts to not really enter. So I think yeah. for some people that are kind of like me and can't shut up um, or are addicted to their phones, <laughs> the guided is a really nice option. Yeah, I love that. Fantastic. Do you use an app for that? For which one? For the, the guided meditations? Um, I have in the past. Yeah, I haven't recently just because I think whenever I upgraded my phone, the app didn't transfer over. So I just oh. haven't like re-downloaded it. But are there any apps that you recommend or? Um, there's a couple that I really like. The first is Insight Timer. Okay. Um, I haven't heard of that one. Oh, it's fantastic. It's free. It, it has like 40,000 meditations on it. So oh, wow. it can be overwhelming. Okay. Um, but you can just type in like, like a time or what type of meditation you're looking for. Mm -hmm. And then sometimes it's, it's just a little bit of back and forth about finding an instructor that you resonate with. Uh -huh. And then you can just follow that person and get oh, all of their meditations. That's um, awesome. It's, it's completely free. And um, so, so that's probably hands down my favorite one. Yeah. Um, there are other ones like Calm is mm -hmm. really nice. Also, they have a free version, but then also a paid version. Mm -hmm. And then another popular one is Headspace. Yeah. So that's the one I had previously used before. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So a lot of people like Headspace. For me, Headspace hasn't really worked as well because from what I have found within it, it's, it's a lot more stories. And so people listen to stories. Yep. Okay. That's why it didn't like resonate with me a lot, just because it, it was more story oriented and it didn't, I don't know. I just had trouble following it. And sometimes the stories I was like, what are they doing? What are they talking about? Like I was yeah. starting to like have my own um, <laughs> inner conversation yeah. about the story they're telling. And I'm like, this is, this is not yeah. working. Like <laughs> That's so funny. I used it the other night because I, I have a subscription to it. I used mm -hmm. it the other night. So my son and I usually do a meditation before we go to bed at night. And so sometimes I'll put on a recorded one that we'll both listen to together. And so we tried this Headspace story. And I mean, it was a great story about a dragon who was locked in the dungeon. And But it actually backfired because he was so interested in the story that the story was 45 minutes. And so I put it on at bedtime thinking he would... Because normally he drifts away when we do a meditation, but he stayed up mm -hmm. for the whole story. So then he was an hour late going to bed. <laughs> I was like, this is not going to work for us. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah. And I know a lot of the stories have like, are supposed to have deeper subconscious meanings and, you know, different things like they kind of make them to, to guide you in a way they want you to go, but then you start to get interested in it or you start to critique it and it's like, (laughs) counterintuitive. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I Mm -hmm. didn't particularly like the story. I didn't find it very like nourishing, but it doesn't really tell you what it's about when you hit play. And it was on the kids, the kids story. Yeah. So, um, for me, that wasn't as helpful, but I have heard that they have other like great stories, like kids books and stuff that are voiced by by people that you may know. So celebrity. Oh, okay. And so, so like if if that feels good to you to go to sleep, but mm-hmm. um, it's not necessarily what I would recommend listening to something because yeah. your brain is really active. And so um, I'm a big fan of the yoga nidras to go to sleep, yes. particularly the sleep ones, mm-hmm. like specifically the sleep ones, because you don't want them waking you up at the end of it, or just relaxing music that you find comforting, I think is really nice for sleep too. But those yes. are the, the three that I probably recommend the most with Insight Timer really being my my number one choice. Yeah. I'm going to have to check that one out for sure. And I love Yoga Nidras. Those are by far my favorite. And they're yeah they're the most effective for me also because it's more like kind of guiding you into the meditation not they're not really talking a whole lot it's not you know it's just a few things here and there helping you relax not so much like telling you a story or yes and they have those on insight timer awesome okay yep i'm definitely gonna get this out check it out see what you think of your opinion (laughs) yeah about it yeah so those are my favorites for going to for once you're in bed and ready to sleep definitely so tell me a little bit about more uh more about how your program works yeah so um so the program it is it is 40 days um and we go through really all many aspects around sleep. So, so we will talk about the, the hormones related to sleep Mm -hmm. and we'll talk about sleep and blood sugar balance. And so like, what is your nutrition throughout Mm -hmm. the day? What are you taking in sleep and mindfulness? Like where are you pulling that in throughout the day? And then sleep and mindset also, which is really where we talk about you know, can we prioritize this for even a short amount of time? And let's see how Mm -hmm. we feel. Because oftentimes women don't relate the sleep aspect to everything else that's going on. So if you're having hormone issues, or you're feeling super stressed or irritable, you know, really, are you getting enough sleep? You know, and and so, um, so, so we'll kind of talk about the mindset Mm -hmm. around that. You know, a lot of people think that they're just inherently night owls, because that's how they've been. And maybe that is so that you, that you do do well later at night, but still everyone does need to sleep. And so it just depends where your sleep blocks are coming in mm-hmm. and how you're approaching them. And so, yeah, maybe you can go to bed a couple hours later than someone that you live with, but that doesn't mean you should be up till three in the morning, especially if, you, if you're having other health concerns you know, then sleep is really a place to look. So the program includes a personalized sleep analysis. So just a a one-on-one call with me just to talk about everyone's personal, like where are they, what are their main issues? And then then, um, weekly check-ins with me 
either via email or Marco Polo videos so that we can just make sure that like your sleep, I know they're, they're mm-hmm. so great. I love those. Um, just to make sure that your sleep is that, that we're personalizing it for you within the course. And then there, there's going to be a great community that goes along with it, with people who are in the same boat. And um, I'm, I'm, I'm really excited because I really think that the sleep and the mindset is not always talked about. I think that the science of sleep, I mean, you can look anywhere really, there's so much depth. There's some amazing people who have written books on the science of sleep and why we Mm -hmm. sleep and what the sleep waves look like. And um, while we will just be discussing that generally, we're not diving into the neuroscience of sleep, but really more of the lifestyle aspects around it. Um, There are really people who have PhDs in sleep who have courses on the neuroscience of sleep. And so like, if that's what somebody wants to know, those courses are available and they're fantastic. I've taken several of them and they're, they're very, very good, Mm -hmm. but they don't really talk about the lifestyle strategies to get you to be able to sleep. Yeah. And I think those are so important. That's what's lacking in so many people. Yeah. Well, and I think that for women in particular, this is where we struggle, you know? And so I know that I've had a personal kind of journey with sleep and it's, it, it, it honestly, it still continues to be a struggle, but I do know that when I prioritize my sleep, I am a happier person. I feel better. I definitely have less caffeine less like irritability, less anxiety, all of it just by prioritizing my sleep. My nutrition is better because then I'm not like looking for sugar or caffeine to keep me awake. And it, it just, it makes a giant difference in how I present myself in the world, what kind of um, spouse I am, what kind of mother I am. And then also how I show up for my clients and hold space for them. But I think that when you're taking care of yourself, it shows. And sleep is really one aspect of that, which is vital that we tend to push away. Yes. And I'm sure you see this too, but there's so many people that when you start talking to them, they're like, oh yeah, my my sleep is fine. I get eight hours a night or whatever. And it's great. But then the more you talk to them, it's like, well, is your sleep actually restful sleep? Yes. You know, are you are you actually getting into the deep sleep that you need to be in, not just kind of lying there in this like somewhat conscious state where every little sound you hear and startles you and then you go back to sleep or, you know, things like that, especially with new moms, right. um, with like young babies, you kind of stay in that startle zone and you're not really getting like super restful yes. sleep. So, and a lot of that is related to stress and everything. And I, I don't think a lot of people kind of realize or put that together right. so much. They think like, oh yeah, I, I sleep. Right. <laughs> but also with new moms, I mean, so I think there are stages in life where you're just going to get less sleep. It just is what it is when you have oh, a newborn. Um, and then just prioritizing rest around those times. You know, they say sleep when the baby sleeps. Mm-hmm. Do that. <laughs> like take a nap, mm-hmm. right? So you're getting pieces of sleep. But I also think for moms, like once their baby is sleeping through the night, they stay in that kind of wakefulness at night. Yes. Yep. For a That's long time. Mm-hmm. You know, right I, I know for myself. So my son didn't sleep for four years. 
for four oh, years. Girl, and I'm so sorry. Thank you. But now he's nine now and he's a fantastic sleeper. Like we can take him anywhere and he will sleep now. But those four years really took a toll on my sleep, my health. Yeah. I mean, all of it. But also I noticed that when he did sleep, I would still wake up in the night. Did I hear a sound? Did I hear something? You, you know, especially for the first like year or two after he was sleeping. But it, it really took a couple years before I could sleep through the night comfortably. But I think that was kind of that fight or flight. Like, oh my gosh, it's is he awake, right? Or sometimes with new moms, there's that fear too of, oh my gosh, they're sleeping longer than usual. Is everything okay? You know? Yes. Yeah. I definitely have that where you wake up at like, 3 a.m. and they were supposed to have woken up at 11 or 12 and you're like, oh my gosh, yeah, they're not awake. Get up and go in there and check on them and probably wake them up, right? Um, but I mean, I think that's normal yeah. as as the babies grow and as you get adjusted. Sure. But I think it just all like really comes down to how can you take care of yourself so that you can be who you want to be in the world? And so really, that's what we'll be focusing a lot on within the course. You know, we'll definitely have all the aspects of sleep and like sleep environment, uh, prepping your environment, prepping your body. But the mindset piece, I think, is really big. And so um, it's it's going to include some yoga nidras, restorative yoga, some guided meditations, and so some specific sleep routines to go to sleep yoga-wise just like five, 10 minutes, just to help prep your body. We'll talk about essential oils within there that may help. And like what kind of like props for sleep might help, like a mask or a weighted blanket. All, all these things can really lead to a really deep rejuvenation, I think, through the night. That if all those aspects aren't there, then it can be a struggle to get to sleep, stay asleep, and wake up. And then that sets the tone for your day, Mm-hmm. you know, for your day, your month, your life. I mean, really, it's your whole life. And so it comes down to how do you want to be in the world? And what changes are you willing to make to get there? Yeah, that's a key right there is what changes yes. are you willing to make? Because so many people, you know, people can tell you to change things all day in different aspects of life. But if you're not willing to do them, then it's not really worth right. looking into, you know, and the the way you have this set up, it sounds like it's very small pieces that you can kind of slowly dive into that help you make more lifestyle changes and not just like, all right, on day one, we're going to stop doing this and change this and change, you know, it's more of a like gradual, gradual deep dive instead of a stark yeah, cold turkey kind I of that. I mean, thing. I know that that hasn't worked for me. It's really taken learning about yeah, same. why does this matter? And how is it affecting me? And then noticing the shifts that happen when I do make these just little changes, like going out into the sunlight first thing in the morning, like, holy moly, I feel so much better. You know? Mm -hmm. Yes. Sunlight can definitely. Yeah. Yeah. It's amazing what it can do. I just sat outside for um, about 20 minutes before we uh, jumped on this call and it, it's been like sub zero here. Um, I'm in Kansas city. So it, our, our, Wind chill last week was negative 29 and the heat index right now is 71. So we're literally a hundred degrees feel temperature different than we were a week ago, which is insane. And so 
it's I think the real temperature outside is like 63 and it feels like I'm at the beach in Florida. Wow. Like <laughs> the sun felt so good, just like soaking yeah. up that that warmth and the the light and everything. I just I was like, oh, yeah. this is amazing. <laughs> like I missed the yeah. sun. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's so great that you did that. Yeah. We're we're in sunny Arizona, so it's it's amazing here right now. I know. Um, kind of yes. <laughs> but just getting outside just to have lunch or just take a walk. You know, it, it can really make such a big difference in, in the day. And I, I think what women really do is tend to think that change has to be this like giant wall of change. Yes. But really it's integrating these little things. And so maybe for the first month, you just go out into the sunlight when you wake up and maybe that's all you're going to do and see how that goes. Right. And then maybe when you feel ready, you'll add a glass of warm water. You know, when I first started drinking lemon water, it literally took me like three months to get into getting it regularly because I couldn't find the right temperature and then figuring out where, how I'm going to do this and when I'm going to do this. And now it's like second nature. Like, I I can't even believe there was a time in my life I didn't do this. Yeah. I, I have tried to do it and not succeeded yet. My husband, on the other hand, does that every morning. He gets up in the morning, he cuts his lemon, he squeezes that, but then he also adds, we have a, um, a salt soleil. Um, yes. Are you familiar yeah. with those? For everyone else, the super um, salinated water, basically, you just like oversaturate salt in water. And um, so he'll take like a teaspoon of that and add into his lemon water. And he just like downs that and that kind of starts his day. And I'm kind of jealous of, of his routine just because I have not gotten to that point yet. (laughs) Yeah. Working on it. But I mean, I think it just takes like figuring out what works for you because what I was doing is I was taking hot water, like hot, hot water from the tea kettle and then putting my lemon into it. And then I had to wait for it to cool. Mm -hmm. And then, I mean, it's, it's tastes fine. It doesn't taste bad, but it's not like having a cup of coffee where I really enjoyed it, Mm -hmm. but it was too hot. And so now like this is so simple, but it, it makes all the difference because now I do it every morning. So now I put it in like a regular glass, like so, and I fill it half with regular water and then half with the tea kettle water. Oh. And so then it's just warm. Yeah. And then I just then I can just drink it. That's perfect. And it's not too hot. And like that little shift made all the difference. Now I, now I can do it every day. And it's so funny when you, when you talk to people a lot of times and you talk to them about like making changes or, you know, helping them uh, get through whatever health or wellness issue it is, they kind of get overwhelmed. And I mean, I do the same thing where it's like, oh my gosh, I'm going to have to change all these things and I'm going to have to do this and this, this, whereas it's not like literally just drinking a warm glass of lemon water can make a world of difference. And it's, it's funny because we get in our heads and we think like, you know, things that are going to take hours a day and, you know, so much time and energy. And it, it's really not. It's the smaller things that sometimes make the biggest differences. That's absolutely right. And sometimes it just takes talking to someone about it to yeah. break it down. Mm-hmm. And I think that can make a huge difference. And like, that's the value that I've seen in, in some of the groups that I'm in, my business groups, but also, you know, I'm, I'm in some other like health groups and just asking a question in there. And then just having someone with their opinion come in and say, here's how I do it. And you're like, wow. I mean, it's like, it's as simple as this, like filling it with regular water and then hot water. But it, it made all the difference for me. And now every morning, 
I have lemon water and I feel good about it. I think my body feels good about it, you know, and, but it was that simple. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's awesome. And so I, I think it's just finding like the right tribe and your right community to be able to work with that. Oh, absolutely. Okay. So if you had to offer three tips for, let's say just like busy women who are trying to improve their sleep, what would be your like top three things that you would tell them to either like look at or start doing or kind of to pay attention to be mindful of? Yeah. Number one would be how do you wake up in the morning? Like just looking at what are you doing first thing? I really advise people to just put their feet on the ground, ground through your feet, close your eyes and just take three nice deep breaths and just really sink into your day before you even stand up. And then ideally not looking at that phone in that first like half hour, 45 minutes of of your day. So that, that would be the number one thing is just how are you starting your morning? Secondly, just making sure that people are moving each day. And so this does not have to be a gym workout. This is like going out and making sure you're walking every day, or maybe you're doing some yoga on your mat, or maybe, you know, it's whatever feels good. Maybe you're going to just put a song on and dance, right? It's just moving your body. And so feeling good within your body. So just doing whatever lights, lights you up, Um, but every day moving and feeling what's happening within your body. And then third, like for better sleep is just really turning off your phone and computers at least an hour before bed. I was going to ask you about the time, like lag time to give yourself. <laughs> I mean, ideally, I, I think two hours is, is better. But mm-hmm. if that feels like too much, then you then you work your way there, right? But at least an hour because you want that melatonin to start to come in and have you start feeling tired. And then you want it to drop like when you're asleep. So you get that kind of healing cascade through the body at ideally at least an hour and find a way to fill that time. Know that it's going to be hard if you're used to being on your phone, mm-hmm. right? So maybe that's time you find to connect with your significant other. Maybe that's when you're going to bed earlier. Um, (laughs) That's where you're grabbing a book and reading a book before you go to sleep, you know, or maybe you're listening to, to something, whether it be a story on headspace or whether it's a meditation or whatever that might be something that can help calm you. You know, this is a great time to journal about your day. But just finding things, or if you, if you have a hobby, like painting, knitting, like anything that is going to start to calm your system down and that doesn't require a screen, that's a nice time to just spend 20, 30 minutes an evening working on that. You brought up like reading a book and I've seen for so many people, like no, not many people do paper books anymore. And I'm, I'm an old school girl. I like paper books. I want to have it in my hand. I'm an, like, I write notes. I, I'm very paper, (laughs) but um, so many people read books on their Kindles or their phones or their screens. And so I wonder how much that's affected our sleep at night without us even knowing it. Like we think like, oh, we're reading a book while we're reading a book with blue light. And I know there's one that's like the Kindle paper white or something. And it's supposed to not have the blue light. 
uh, or something like that. We have that one. My son has has that one. And Mm -hmm. we actually still don't let him look at that at night. It is still pretty bright, you know, and and the current kind of theory is that like really any sort of light more than candlelight keeps you awake. Okay. I was curious about that. And so like if you're looking at something and it's brighter than a candle would be, then it is keeping you awake. So, I mean, he can read that during the day if if he wants, but I highly recommend just having a regular book by your mm-hmm. bedstand. So go to the library, get it from Barnes and Noble or wherever you shop, your local bookstore, and go get something that you've been wanting to read and get it in paper form mm-hmm. and read that at night and make it kind of like like your reward for getting into bed, especially if it's a good book. <laughs> but that's also something you, you have to be a little bit careful about is like what kind of book you're reading. Cause if it's really good, then you'll stay up late. So I, I actually um, recommend like a nonfiction book mm-hmm. about something okay. that, that maybe is a little bit boring. And so like it, it's interesting enough that you want to read it, but it's not mm-hmm. like a fiction that's leaving you with a cliffhanger that you keep going into the wee hours of the night. Sure. Okay. Yeah, that's good to know. I'm a I'm a nonfiction girl anyway. I don't do okay. really well with reading fiction, but I know so many people do. And a lot of my girlfriends will say that like they'll find a fiction book and then they start reading it. And it's like, oh my gosh, I can't put it down. I stayed up till one o'clock and you know. Yes. Yes. And <laughs> so, so that's that's great that you're reading a paper book, but it's still yeah. not ideal. <laughs> for so yeah. so finding just a little bit of, of a boring book, um, mm-hmm. but still interesting. Yeah. Okay. That makes sense. Where you're <laughs> on a cliffhanger, like what happened next to him, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah, so those would be my top three. Awesome. Those are such great tips. And I think a good starting place for people and a very tangible starting place, you know, like we were talking about, it's something very, the little small things that you can do without having to invest a ton of time or money into, you know, crazy things that aren't really going to do a whole lot for you. <laughs> right. So, yeah. So I've really enjoyed chatting with you today. This has been, you too. Uh, thank you for having me on. Yeah. You're welcome. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks for joining me on the all out motherhood podcast. Want more? Head over to alloutmotherhood.com for show notes, links, and discounts from today's episode. And while you're there, be sure to join the All Out Motherhood Collective Facebook community, where you'll find even more support to get you to that positive test and through all the rest of your motherhood journey. See you next time.